This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. So we know the chorus when Stevie Wonder goes, Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. And we'd like to say a heavenly happy birthday to a teacher to many, Umam Nomatemba Makubani, a teacher, an educator, an education psychologist. If you were at Mangosutu Primary School in Zagani, you would remember your teacher. Today, she would be celebrating 75 years, and we hope it is a happy, heavenly, beautiful, big birthday to Umam Nomatemba Makubani. And there's a reason we're doing it because not only did she teach many, but she taught her child critical thinking. And her daughter's here today, Kanye Magubani, political analyst, joined by Alison Tilly, a coordinator for Judges Matter, as we talk about the powwow between Parliament and the Chief justice. Kanye, I'm just going to let you compose yourself a little bit. I see you being a bit sentimental about mummy, but we thank yes. you for her contribution to, the, so to the nation. Uh, so we'll start with you, Alison Tilly. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Fine, thank you, ma'am. Okay, so what exactly is happening here? So the Chief Justice was addressing a colloquium uh, at the Human Sciences Research Council, and he said a few things in reflection about the process of drafting his report on state capture and the fact that, you know, we've got all this uh, primary evidence um, which seems to provide some prima facie basis for Parliament to then... uh, seize the mantle, do some investigations involving uh, MPs and ministers, and then, you know, where there are criminal issues, the Hawks and the NPA can take on the rest. But Parliament seems to not be doing this job. And it was just a reflection and an impression, but Parliament seems to have taken this very personally. Yes, they do. They, they put out a very strong statement. Um, and I think in, in doing so... Uh, have rather left themselves exposed because, um, of course, you know, they've, I think they have to concede that they have not done everything that the uh, Commission of Inquiry said that they should do. Mm. And in fact, uh, I think for many of us, there's a concern that they really, the Parliament is not acting on, on the recommendations. Okay, so let's just get a sense of what it is he was saying the chief justice was he instructing parliament or was he just saying from my vantage point i've done my job and i was expecting that with this body of work parliament would then run with it i think that the the trick is it it whether you as the chief justice and as a judge i can say things like that the question is not whether it's true or not Mm. Um, or whether it's a valid reflection or not. Um, it's it's simply that if you're a judge, and, and particularly if you're the Chief Justice, mm. 
you have a quite a particular role in this, and then here you have your role as head of the commission of inquiry. Mm. Um, that really limits you uh, in terms of what you can and can't get involved in okay. once you've handed over the report. Okay, so I'm understanding you. Just clarify for me, Alison, before I bring um, uh, Kai into the conversation. It's an issue of autonomy, objectivity. He's 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 a player to the extent that he led the commission. He's drafted the report. He has a view. Yes, he may be uh, a man of stature, the chief justice, but he's very much a protagonist in this entire space. And he should now uh, step back for the sake of objectivity. I'm not sure that it's a question of objectivity. It's it's more a question of the role of judges, and, and there's a there's a code of conduct for judges which specifically says that they should not get involved um, in, in complex issues of the day. But you will remember mm. uh, Chief Justice McQueen mm. uh, having to apologise for and got involved into some issues around, you know, politics in, in the Middle East and mm-hmm. mm-hmm. the Palestine-Israel question. Yeah. And I think that's certainly what's on my mind, okay. um, is this question of how far uh, should you go, and even if you are the Chief Justice. Okay. So, can you let's bring in here yes. separation of powers. That's exactly what That's it is. That's all that I'm hearing here. That's exactly what it is. And, you know, I was making notes earlier uh, this morning, and I actually used the very same word you used, that the judge was reflective in his comments, you know, because he was at an event mm. that was actually assessing the impact of the Zondo Commission on our modern-day democracy today. But I'm listing all the uh, reactions mm. that have come, you know, subsequent to this. Mbalula making a very strong statement saying judges are not demigods you know and he's the one that really uh, spoke to separation of powers saying that in the very same way they gave him the space you know to to do his work and he requested extra time on many an occasion he should be able to extend that same courtesy to parliament because parliament um, imposed on itself a six month period during which they would kick start the process of um, implementing the recommendations however six months down the line, the judge is saying, you guys are dragging your feet. Mm-hmm. Now, to me, that's not so much um, an encroachment directly in terms of wielding my power where I don't have jurisdiction, yeah. but it's simply saying, guys, I did the work. I handed it over. You guys are dragging your feet. And should this happen again, we are still sitting ducks. We are still vulnerable. We still don't have mechanisms in place that can prevent another state capture. Right. So let's define Kanye, the, the meaning of separation of power powers in a democracy which fundamentally has three pillars of state right right? i know people like to say the media is the fourth pillar but it's officially not but it can behave in a particular way but the three official pillars of state are the executive right the parliament and the judiciary and in these three pillars three different things are happening the parliament is elected by the people to represent you and me and the power listeners and everybody else Mm -hmm. because we can't all be at parliament every day. Right. Because they represent all of us, they must make sure that the executive are implementing policy that serves all of us. Right. And when they don't do that, then the judiciary comes in to make sure that there are no legal liabilities. That's how a democracy works. So why is he wrong to play his role? 
I think that's the question we have to ask because we know that the judge was speaking in his capacity, you know, as the head of the commission. He wasn't just a bystander to the process, but he was actually the man that led the process. And like you say, it was a type of baton that he was passing on and expecting the next person to also play their part. Because now you have uh, people saying he is, uh, you know, wielding his power where his powers don't Mm -hmm. extend to. And I disagree with that because he's not giving them any directives to say, do this, do that, do this. He's already done that in the recommendations, how they do it. You know, the portfolio committees that are set up, Mm -hmm. all of those mechanisms has to come from a leadership and a political will in parliament. Can can a judge say to parliament, um, respecting your autonomy as parliament, I expect you to act faster. Because that's what he's basically saying. Get, chop, chop, get on with it. He's expecting them to, to, to stick to their own deadlines. That's what he's uh, challenging them on. He's not saying move any faster. He says the six, you set this timeline and you've done nothing in that timeline. Okay, so he's just holding them accountable. He's holding them accountable. However, he's ruffling feathers. And that, for me, is, is really okay. what's, um, you know, shocking about the, the, my peer, uh, you know, the, the Speaker of Parliament yeah. and Amos Masonda, the, the, the chairperson. Of Council of Provinces. You know, saying, come to Parliament and answer. Okay, so what do you make of this latter issue, Alison Tilly, where the Speaker of Parliament and the chairperson of the National Council of Provinces, so the two chambers, requesting a meeting to iron things out, they say. What, what needs to be ironed out here? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure that anything uh, is there to be ironed out. There's no, um, I, think, I think the comments have been made. I think we're all painfully aware that you know, Parliament has not moved uh, with the speed that it should have. Um, we've we really a lot of the the recommendations um, of the Commission mm. have not been implemented. Mm. But I think it's not for the Chief Justice to lobby Parliament right. to get them to do their work. I think that's our role. I think it's civil society's role. I think right. it's the media's role. I think we should be talking to members of Parliament and asking them why they haven't moved, it's, it's the, the, the role of the, the judge mm. is to judge the matters that come before them. Yeah. They're not free-range kind of mm-hmm. commentators on what is <laughs> and isn't happening mm. because the Chief Justice sits in the apex court. Yeah. Any matter dealing with the whole question of state capture might well come, come before him. him. And then he's got to sit in the matter. And then what? Now he's going to have to recuse himself because he's already made statements about who is responsible uh-huh. and what should have been done. Uh-huh. I'm very cautious about that. I want, I want I'm, I'm, it's a bit old fashioned. I want my judges sitting in the courts and doing their thing. And I want members of parliament in parliament and doing their thing, which they're not. Mm-hmm. And making sure that if we need to go to the courts, that they are not conflicted because they have not said things um, and done things which indicate that they're, right. you know, biased one way or Let the other. Let me ask you a few hypothetical questions before I come back to, to Kanye. Would it have helped if a commission of inquiry such as this did not involve the then deputy chief justice who later became a chief justice, if they'd gone to maybe a former chief justice or a jurist of another Uh, another order because ultimately we're discussing potential corruption Mm -hmm. which potentially has um, 
aspects of law and litigation to it, which ultimately would come back to the courts. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I know I'm, it's not a very popular view, but I really think we have to be careful about using judges uh, to do anything outside of judging. And, and I would include commissions of inquiry. I mean, it's, it's very tempting to use judges, retired judges, and ask them to come back and, you know, use all those forensic skills yeah. to help us figure out where we went wrong. But I think this is exactly where we can end up, especially if you have a sitting judge, yeah. uh, is you then have somebody who's deep uh, into the, the mm. weeds on, on the issue. They know everybody and everything, mm. and now they somehow must put that to one side and make decisions about okay. disputes. Okay. And and I think that's, uh, um, yeah. it worries me. No, and you've articulated it well. Uh, the second question, and then I'll bring Kanye back into it, is, you know, you've said unequivocally, he, he gave a recommendation to Parliament. They were supposed to do their job. They are not doing their job. Okay. So what do we do in future when many recommendations are given to a Parliament who don't act on it, whether it's for delays or recalcitrance? What do we do in a democracy when the judges do their bit or the commission does its bit and then there's a huge hurdle somewhere in the middle? Well, I think that's, as a you know, civil society, I think, plays a role. I think journalists play a role. Elections play a role. If your members of parliament who say they represent you don't do what you think they should do, that's the, the, the idea in a democracy is that you then vote out those people or that party. Um, ironically, if, if something is not happening that should happen in terms of law, mm-hmm. you can go to the courts. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that, that's, that's where it gets complicated because now what happens if I want to go to court on the failure of parliament mm-hmm. to act mm-hmm. on the commission of inquiry? Would the chief justice have to recuse himself? Yeah. Okay. He probably would. But those are the different channels that are available to us. And we have to mm. we have to use them. Okay, so really important, Kanye, to Absolutely. retain elements of autonomy in the various roles, particularly when a lot of these issues are, are constitutional issues as well as as we're hearing. For instance, in like a pala pala, is that it speaks to an oath of office for mm. for instance, and it's got nothing to do with the commission of inquiry. But but that's why this becomes really quite complex. So when we ask the question, why is Parliament? Dragging its feet. Yes. Why? Well, you know, what Alison raises are very important points in terms of why, you know, in future we should rethink um, using charges. And I think another, uh, you know, point to bring up in this is that um, Judge Zondo himself was said to have many close relationships with politicians Mm -hmm. you know in the past so he has a past with some of the people who he has now recommended uh, should be prosecuted and those very people are questioning his neutrality and objectivity and him using the the commission to settle personal scores and I mean it's issues that have come out quite clearly in, 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 in the fight between 
Queen Zondo and the former President Jacob Zuma to say that we were friends. But to, 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 to hone in on why Parliament is dragging its feet, I'm of the view that the NC caucus in Parliament is really the reason why. Because they are the one at every given turn who has the majority in Parliament. If they vote on an issue and they vote against it, it doesn't pass. If they vote for it, it passes. And one of the things we need to look at is how does this threaten the gains of democracy mm-hmm. to have a caucus that is not fulfilling its mandate, which is a constitutional mandate, which is a proletariat and a constituent mandate, not a party mandate. That's not who sent them internally. And why do you think the ANC keeps struggling with this issue? I think they keep struggling with this issue because we don't have a united ANC, number one. Okay, there's an, an understanding ideally of what parliamentarians are there to do and then there's the reality of what they do when they get to parliament. There's almost a separation between the constituent and the mandate and what they end up doing when they're up there. They're no longer taking decisions that are reflective of the people on the ground. The ANC doesn't do referendums, doesn't go out and put word to the people and ask them, what should we do about this matter? And that's one of the recommendations of uh, the Chief Justice that people who are sitting in parliament uh, should be voted for directly into those positions, not via a political party. Okay, so that's a whole constitutional uh, electoral uh, mandate reform issue. Yes. But we're still sitting with a proportional representation system. We're still sitting with an ANC that is a majoritarian party. And we're still sitting with an ANC that thinks their job in parliament is to defend yeah. their political principles versus represent the people who have elected them. So we've got a dilemma here. Absolutely. And so what do we do with what we know? Because... Um, there's a 77-page uh, action plan. Yes. If you could give us a synopsis of that, <laughs> that is. And whether we're ever going to see I was kind of hoping you would say the whole synopsis. But, I mean, we do see um, the president officially responded to the recommendations of um, the Zondo Commission. And that's where the 77-page uh, you know, report was taken out. And what's interesting for me is what they say in the preface in terms of uh, reflecting from a presidential office. You know, And they say that um, corruption is a betrayal of our democracy and an assault on the institutions that we established together to advance the values of our constitution. And a little bit later on, they say that state capture and corruption, it's sought to compromise and weaken our recommendations of the Judicial Commission of Inquiry into allegations of state capture. So those are just words, 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 beautiful words. And we see that um, the judge has recommended the setting up of an anti-corruption national council, which they say they've done. They've uh, set up uh, structures within SARS to look at that, which they say they've done. They've set up, or the judge has recommended the setting up of uh, monitoring, that we must have monitoring of our public um, system of uh, procurement, because that's what was was used at an SOE level, you know, to 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 yeah. to, to deal, deal, uh, redirect the money, you know, the the influence on board membership yeah. and leadership that needs to be looked at. Another commission of inquiry into Prasa needs to be established. You know, those are all the things that the judge has recommended. What are the possibilities that it will actually really ever happen? I think that's what the the caucus and ANC is trying to prevent at all costs because it is their comrades and to a certain extent it is some of them in those benches. So this is also about effectiveness. Uh, Finally, Alison, very briefly, um, based on what we've said, if you could use a word 
to advise each pillar what their role is. Parliament, what's your role? Chief Justice, what's your role? So that we don't get it twisted and confused in a democracy. Uh, one word is tricky, but but I think this, if if people uh, look at their own mandates and execute their own mandate properly and thoroughly and effectively, then we will not we will not end up having this kind of discussion. Okay, Alison Tilly, uh, coordinator of Judges Matter. Thank you so much, and uh, Kanye Makubani, political analyst and the daughter of the famed Nomatemba Makubani. Thank, Thank you, you so much time. for having me. Thank you. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.